0: The dreams always gave me power, and the more I learned to use them, the more I realized it was about freedom, and the power to manifest, and the power to understand what's happening behind the veils and the things we don't normally understand. The universe is giving you, and your guides are giving you the information you need, and the more receptive you can be, the more it's going to come through to help you.
1: Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community Membership for Energy Medicine and DreamWork. In this podcast, I offer teachings poetry songs interviews and inspiration this is episode number 13 and today is the third episode in a series all about how to create a conscious dreamwork practice in today's episode i interview my dear friend jamie phoenix foster she's a super awesome storyteller and we have an absolute blast in this podcast Jamie shares some really powerful stories about her own precognitive dreams and how they've impacted her personally in very valuable and practical ways and how for some people heeding these precognitive dream messages has actually been a matter of life and death. So. We'll talk a little bit about how to do dream reentry in this episode. But if you're interested in learning more about that, please check out the show notes for an in depth guide on how to do dream reentry, as well as my private podcast this month, which offers a guided journey for a dream reentry. So this is episode number three in the series, which we recorded in Olympia, Washington. And if you can't tell, I'm actually recording this segment of the podcast in Mexico, where there's a lot of bird sounds in the background. But if you haven't checked out those other two, the first one in the series was all about dream seeding and dream recall and how to create a solid sleep practice. And the second episode in the series was all about how to interpret your dreams. And then of course, this episode in the series is all about dream reentry and precognitive dreams. So I invite you to sit back and enjoy this interview where Jamie and I share some dreaming tips and wisdom, some deep thoughts, and also some good laughs.
0: name is Jamie Phoenix Foster, and I have been practicing conscious dream work, active dream work, and lucid dreaming practices for 22 years. I just figured out recently, so pretty auspicious for 2022. Let's see, it all started for me when I was 17 and I lost some people who were very close to me in my life, and I started having these unexplainable dreams, especially with my mom, where she was giving me information that I needed. There had to be been an explanation for this. I'm like, she's gone, you know? And it's for my limited understanding at that time, like, I just thought that was it. Through the dream work, it's really become very apparent to me that it, there is a very colorful and active life on the other side to still be partaking in. And so these dreams of my mom basically talking to me about money and some things that were being kept secret from me, because of that, and I started wanting to know answers. I'm like, how is this possible? How is this even happening? And that's when I found Robert Moss, and one of Robert's specialties. Um, by the He is a wonderful dream teacher who has written many books. So for our listeners out there, if you want cosmic breadcrumb to follow he has some wonderful books on active dreaming and conscious dreaming on the history of dreaming on dreams of the departed and um, on soul recovery yeah it really changed my life in a lot of ways and it's it's very powerful coming from a home life where it was very abusive and I felt as a child I had no power the dreams always gave me power And the more I learned to use them, the more I realized it was about freedom Mm -hmm. and the power to manifest and the power to understand what's happening behind the veils and the things we don't normally understand. And so that's what started. I, I worked with Robert just almost ferociously. I couldn't get enough dreaming at the time until about the age of 23 and that's when I went to Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio, which is a design-your-own-major college. And so even though I have a Bachelor's of Arts in Communication in Photography, what I really did it on was dreaming. I wrapped the other two in there, took all of my prerequisites, all while I was doing about eight months of intensive dream study classes. What I mean by dream study is that I was studying these people who would come to this dream group. We would use tools like dream seeding, which I think was your last podcast. So refer to that if you're curious about how to seed your dreams. Dream seeding is where you set an intent for your dreaming energy for the night. And it's even more powerful when you do this in a group of people. So if you have a whole group who says, this is our seed, then we collectively dream for each other and with each other. Later in my life, I went on to study dreaming with Don Miguel Ruiz and Heather Ashamar. Don Miguel is a Toltec from the Eagle Clan lineage. And they have very strong dreaming practices that include dreaming together. And so they use similar terms, but they mean different things. So when they see a dream, someone might go in and leave something in a space and then tell you as that active dreamer to go find what they left. And it was just wonderful, powerful. Some of them were so into lucid dreaming that they got to the point of um, only lucid dreaming, which I also find fascinating because I've, although I've had many lucid dreams, I've never gotten to that point where... Literally, I just fall asleep to a blank screen. So that's a little bit about my background. After college, I continued to do the dreaming in Texas. I ran conscious dreaming groups where I basically just invited people. I would give a few prerequisites in coming to my dream groups. It needed to be sober, which surprisingly, I had unfortunately had to say that because I would get all kinds of people come to these groups. Yes. Yeah. um, From molecular scientists. I, I once had a a guy who was fresh out of prison, and in the prison, they made him go deactivate nuclear reactors. And so he had the, <laughs> just the craziest nightmares. And yeah. so I would just hold the space of yeah. anyone who has dreams they need help with. And um, that's actually how I met my husband. Wow. Yes. And that, that one, we get into the precognitive dreams. ground. So I've been doing this for a long time. I did that for years in Texas, and then when we moved here to Washington, us can reconnecting you and I really has started a whole flourishing of teaching again so much needed at this time for people yes yes
1: and I just love teaching with you every time Jamie and I get together to create a class an online class it feels so fun and you just have so many creative ideas and so many adventures in dreaming to draw on and so I always feel so honored and excited to get to
0: create with you so, likewise, yes. yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's endless the possibilities of what we can do here, yeah. As I discovered in college in those groups I was running, you know, remote viewing, astral projection, soul recovery, really deep forms of healing, all of that manifesting is all accessible through this medium, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so, one of the things that Amanda and I are so good at is just offering people a space to get the basics down to build your own practice of how to do this at home but continuing to share it in groups and continuing to strengthen that muscle of dreaming is super helpful for for you and for all the other dreamers because when we collectively dream there is a magic that happens there
1: i love that you know having you as a teacher in the elevation hive and getting to co-create classes with you has been such a dream for me Mm -hmm. and that having a regular practice and a place to share dreams and a and a regular reason to engage the work is so helpful cuz it is work right mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a practice
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah and oftentimes the dreams are what some would consider nightmares and they're not easily worked on your own without some tools right It can be endless fun and it can be just grueling, scary work, you know? (laughs) So that's why a team is also helpful, a community where you feel held and safe to share whatever without judgment, you know, and to really just bring it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I love that. I love that we do that. Yeah. So one of our, so our topics today were dream reentry, and then precognitive dreams. Yeah precognitive dreams were another one of those things that just got me hooked on this dream work um a little side note but a real quick first precognitive dream I ever had that i realized was precognitive was when i was working with robert i dreamed that my friend's dog got out and bit the mailman and the next morning sure enough that dog got out and bit the mailman And you know, it made no difference. It's not like I was going to call her up and say, "Put your dog in." It made no difference except to me. I was completely floored. It's like, how did this happen? You know, how can I do it again? Can I, can I use this and harness it? It actually sent me into a period of my life where I was a little bit too cocky in my early twenties. Like, oh, I can do. I got my dreams. I can do anything. (laughs) But that's another story. I'll get (laughs) into. But I did just want to share a little bit for for the listeners who are curious what dream reentry is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Dream reentry is a practice where you take your spontaneous night dream and you use either a meditation or we like to use drumming and you get into a comfortable space and reenter that dream consciously. So, you know, it's very helpful if you can do it in the liminal spaces before waking up, you know, as you're still kind of groggy and you've got a hold on the dream. But you can do it at any time. You know, you can re-enter dreams that you had from your childhood. And we often do, especially in the soul recovery work. But so this was the practice that I had built around working with my dreams, especially if I thought they were precognitive. Anytime that a dream is scary, I... I want to re-enter that dream yeah. because there's a lot of times it feels scary to us because it was incomplete and you woke up before you got the whole information. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason you want to go in. Also, if the dream is precognitive and is it is telling you about something, a future event, you cannot change things. A client who came to one of the groups had had a, a dream that they were in a car accident and it was a certain time of day At a certain intersection, and when we re-entered the dream as a group, there was nothing that could be changed. We could get some more information about the details of the car that hit them, about what the light looked like. But you know, we just basically that was it. It was very dry, and so at that point, I remember Robert saying, "Well, that you know, you need to take this as a warning and really just be aware, increase your awareness." Well, a few months later, it. There it was. And this person, this dreamer, found herself at that intersection. And that color car, that color SUV. And I can't remember exactly what she did, but she realized this is from that dream. And she did something. She either pulled over or she got off. And and sure enough, a few minutes later, she saw the SUV run the red light. Mm -hmm. But she had gotten out of the way because she had the pre-contact dream.
1: And so what you were saying, just to reiterate for the listeners that when you were trying to re-enter this dream on her behalf in a group, nobody could change the outcome. And that was an indicator that that was precognitive Mm -hmm. to you. Like you can't, you can go into the scenario, you can get more information, but you couldn't change the outcome of the accident in the dream. Mm -hmm. But because she did that dream exploration and she was able to recognize in the moment when she was there in waking life that she could choose a different path and change it In
0: this reality, which she did. Yes. Now just imagine if she had had it and woke up and brushed it off. Oh, I don't even know what that was about. Then she may have just missed it. So, and that is why I love to encourage people why this is so important to have your own dreaming practice. Because the universe is giving you, and your guides are giving you the information you need. And the more receptive you can be, the more it's going to come through to help you sometimes I've met people who have said I don't dream and you know what I would say to them is at some point you have a dream in your closet that you remember that you know that we can work with and as you start to work with that dream the last one you remember from when you were eight you know these will they'll come back I just wanted to throw that out for the listeners too if you're just like I never have these well you know there's tools as you plug in with the tools it does get stronger
1: A lot of times people think that they don't have precognitive dreams, that that's something that's only for special, you know, gifted dreamers, which I think that we all have them. It's just a matter of paying attention and tracking the dreams, right? That you can recognize when they do occur. But I do remember mm-hmm. one time you and I were doing a little demo of how to share and receive a dream. And we were video recording <laughs> this. I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, I'll I was like, i just share the most recent random dream I had. And it had to do with my bathroom sink was broken. The only question that we left out in our dream sharing process was, could this be real? Could this happen? We forgot to actually say that on the video. So it was so hilarious because a week later, my bathroom sink broke. And I was like, no way. This is so hilarious. We looked at it metaphorically, symbolically, and all these different aspects. But I had not, I just didn't even think about the fact that my bathroom sink might actually break. I had to get a whole new
0: one. Yeah, I I believe and some strong dreaming cultures, you know, like the Maori for instance, believe that nothing happens before it is dreamed. Yeah. And why community dreaming is so important, especially back in the times, not back in the times since When you need, you need that information to survive, you know, then that's, that's relevant for today as well. All of you probably know Harriet Tubman. Not all of you know that she led the Underground Railroad and hundreds and hundreds of slaves to freedom using her dreams. She would literally black out and out of body, go above the trees and could see where the dogs and the men were coming to get her people to safety. And that is, that is a powerful Gift in you know, an extreme adversity of how the dreamings can empower your life. Yeah, she's one of my heroes. I just love the stories of Harriet Tubman, and also that I I learned that from from Robert, right? And that is something that they never told me in school, certainly, right? Like that would have just lit me up as a kid,
1: right? Right. Well, yeah, usually when kids have scary dreams or really intense, you know, visions they're told that that's not real or when you know they have quote-unquote imaginary friends right that they're not real i have so many imaginary friends and i know they're real
0: <laughs> well, me too <laughs> i call on them, I call frequently. On them all the
1: time. and i'm so grateful for their you know support so i do appreciate you bringing in that story and just recognizing that it's totally relevant right now in mm-hmm. our world it's always relevant as a human being to navigate our lives we can either heed that advice and take those visions or dreams to heart or we can ignore them
0: yeah so it's it's so important to have a good practice for your dreaming so I'll share my my dream now um, sure. I've had a lot of precognitives but this one yeah that one was a doozy so my, the dream was that I was underground in like a um, a subway station and there was a guide there i remember who had a clo- she had a watch on didn't she yeah she had a watch on and she looks at the watch and the watch is spinning and she points to it there was- and that's all that she says and then the train starts coming and i know that this train is loaded with a bomb and the bomb is going to go off and I see the train coming, and the train, as it passes me, it shook my body. Like, I remember physically being able to feel the wind of the train. <clears throat> and then, and I, I remember I was with my daughter, Luna, and with my husband, Greg, and I was trying to decide, can I get out of here in time? And that that was the part where she's, like, pointing at the watch. Oh, and I on the front of the train is another big clock. And... Ooh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. And that's it. The sway of the thing. And then I know there's nowhere I can go. It, the thing is going to blow up. So it's not, you know, when I wake from the stream, I didn't think, oh, there's a disease coming. You know, it didn't leave me with that, but it left me viscerally afraid. You know, I woke up like, is this a precognitive dream? Do I need to pack a bag right now? Do we need to get out of here? Is there a bomb coming? So I thought said, okay, I got to get back inside of the dream." And so I re-entered, and first signal that it's precognitive is I can literally change nothing. I like try so hard to get that guide who's standing there with her watch to tell me something, and she's just totally mute. And I look at her watch, and it's just spinning. You know, there's no information there. And oh, the bomb does go off in the dream, and that's when I woke up, right? Mm -hmm. So, so then I'm scrambling. The train comes. It moves by. It moves me. uh, I start running. And it goes off and I'm, I'm dead. I'm consciously doing this dream work and I'm like, okay, let's try again. I'm going to do something else. And so I go back in, I start the dream over again. Can't get any information out of the girl. The train is coming and I see myself jump on the train and I go inside the train and I see the big clock and it's spinning and there's the bomb. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something to the bomb and unplug it or something. It blows up. I'm like, okay, I'm back on the outside again. I'm like, what am I going to do here? And I think I did this multiple times, three or four times. And then I think I brought it to the dream group and was like, this really is scary.
1: There's a bomb coming to Seattle right now or who knows
0: when. Yeah. It was
1: specifically to Seattle. I remember
0: that in your dream share. And this really strong feeling of I cannot get away from it. There's nowhere I can go that's going to make me safe. Yeah. And then a couple of days later. Um, they announced the first case of COVID. In Seattle. In Seattle. And I I lit up with goosebumps right now. As soon as I heard the news, I was like, that was my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially the chain reaction that happened thereafter of everything being closed down. I mean, everyone listening, you know, knows it has been affected. And the piece about that that I find so interesting is – well, f- first of all, the numbers. I could see the numbers on her watch. It was a digital watch. I could see the numbers on her on the clock that was spinning on the front of the train, and that is a personal precognitive si- signal for me. Mm-hmm. Numbers, and um, I've that I know this just by keeping dream journals for all these years. And when numbers show up, it's often a signal. Mm-hmm. And then the other confirming thing about it is that I could. And most dreams, at least that I've found, are pliable. They're kind of like clay when you get in there. And you can change the people, the setting, the th- some things, you know. You, can't you can usually- dialogue
1: with the characters. You can get more information. Yeah. You can, yeah, things transform. You can merge with characters. But if it's precognitive in your experience and in your dream group experiences, the dream can't be changed. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fixed. When you re-enter it, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything else that you would suggest around how could somebody engage in dream re-entry on their own? Like, what would they? Do you have any process that you find helpful for that?
0: Well, I always in the morning I try to do it. Was I'm laying there, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, what was I dreaming? You know, try to it helps to pull it back and get that same position going on. But then once you have the dream, the thing that I find most helpful is to use some drumming, what they call the peyote heartbeat, just steady drum beat, allows our brain waves to drop down into the alpha state again and to be able to slide into it more easily. Um, But for some people, like art is a way, like drawing, drawing pictures. If like all, all, say of that dream, all I could remember was the train. Well, maybe as I draw a picture of the train in my journal, the other pieces will come back. Mm -hmm. And so any way you can work with your dreams invites more information to come through. Mm -hmm. So painting, drawing, acting it out, you know, something, dream theater is something that we sometimes do that's fun getting other people involved who are neutral who can oftentimes information can be channeled to you through that way if they're pretending to be a dream character or even just listening to your dream and say if that were my dream I would I would want to know more about why that woman wouldn't talk to me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which I did. I still am like, what is she, she was just holding the time, I guess. Yeah. She was just trying to tell me this that, is coming Yeah. and you can't change it. And it's right around the corner. So maybe that was her go. message. You can't change me. Yeah. There's nothing else that you can do or say. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> as far as precognitive
1: dreaming goes, well, what, would, what you would suggest somebody else looks for?
0: Well, one thing I would put out there is that people have precognitive dreams all the time. And I would never realized the extent of this until I started working with Robert. And at the time when I started working with him a lot, that was like near 9-11. And there were literally thousands and thousands of precognitive dreams about 9-11 and all of the little details about 9-11 that had were being reported. People were reporting them not only to Robert, but just straight up to their government officials. I had this dream, you know. That's another reason why our broken cultural dream sharing, we've got to get past that. And yeah. that's the work that Amanda and I are so passionate about is that you know we need to have community dream share forums
1: right yeah i think it's so helpful to have a, a practice of it so that you can be recognizing when they happen and to have people to share them with and validate that that's important information and not just something to write off mm-hmm. uh, because it could end up saving lives you know mm-hmm. it could end up saving lives
0: yeah so it's really important Um not just around COVID, but also I had a precognitive dream around the Columbine shootings, mm. the people involved, the inside of the school, crazy details that I just blew me away. And one of the things after the Columbine, I was like, I didn't like that. I didn't want to be inside that school and to feel those kids' fear. Yeah. And later I realized, well, maybe had I been seeding my dreams, you just gave yourself something to do. But when you don't seed, you're just out there in the ether's kind of bouncing around. And that particular night, I found myself in a really scary and bloody scene, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought after that, I thought how powerful it is to put your consciousness on a task rather than just bouncing around out there in the ethers.
1: I tend to like really love efficiency in general, in life. You know, we only have so long in these bodies in this lifetime with this consciousness and I want to take advantage of it as much as possible and evolve and grow and heal as much as I can in this time. So to me, it makes sense to work with your dreams because we spend a third of our lives sleeping and why not take advantage of it? But I love how when you point it out in that way, if you're not directing your consciousness, if you're not putting it to work for you, it might just be wandering around aimlessly or picking up on other people's things or other tragic things or other energies that may or may not be important for you to be doing right Mm -hmm. that might maybe there's a reason for you to have that dream Mm -hmm. maybe you could have been directing that energy somewhere else more intentionally like you're saying
0: yeah that that intention is everything yeah and something that comes to mind also in regard in those same ways is that a lot of people experience night terrors or you know night paralysis scary dreams that they don't you know like I don't want to dream because Mm -hmm. these dreams are scary And what I, the intent is you are, you are so much more powerful than you understand or give yourself credit for. And I think that's every one of us and something as simple as your intent and saying it before you go to bed, you know, no negative spirits are welcome here, no bad dreams or energy drainers. And you set that intention. I am protected. I am safe. And you just created your container. Just that simple by using your thoughts. But if you Feel helpless in it, and you drift off to sleep. Like, oh, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm gonna dream tonight. You know, it's almost an invitation for, and because there are, I truly believe there are yeah. negative energies out there that, oh, yeah. all kinds of levels. But yeah. we are incredibly powerful, and so what we set our intent to is often what we get.
1: Yes, totally. I so. love that. I've totally had that exact experience of both setting intent and being clear and having good boundaries of my sleep space and also forgetting to do that and having terrible experiences being, you know, bothered by Mm -hmm. very unhappy energies. Mm -hmm. And then having to set boundaries in the middle of the night when you're terrified. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had sleep paralysis many times. It is really scary.
0: Another thing for our listeners is that as you strengthen your connection to your guides. So as we do this dream work and you're you're calling on them to consciously help you every night, use your dream energy, bring you messages, you also strengthen your protection. I haven't had a dream like that in so long. Yeah. But I specifically, I remember Columbine because I lived in Ohio and it helped me in no way to have that dream or anyone else. It just was, I mean, I just... My heart just broke open. I mean, I felt all the grief of those kids. I could see the graffiti inside the building. It was a weird dream. And I thought, I don't want this. I don't want to just stumble into something like this again.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So directing your energy mm -hmm. intentionally mm -hmm. can help with that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, how amazing is it that, I mean, that just goes to our co-creative power These people are experiencing something, and that collectively we're experiencing it. Yeah. And it's there to tap into, which can be helpful. Right. You know, when you get stronger and you feel confident in your guides, and you have crisis or something happening, your dreams can really be your ally.
1: Cognitive dream stories that you feel called to share.
0: Yeah, I did want to just share one that was like more of a happy, yeah. happy one. I guess this would have been maybe about three months before I connected with my husband. I had a dream where I was hanging out with this unrecognized person on the beach and we were building sandcastles together, and he had cardboard chops it was very distinctive they were cardboard they were like taped on his face they were removable you know and i just thought it was the funniest thing in the dream i was like woke up like this person with giant cardboard chops if you know what chops are it's like no beard in the middle just the sideburns really big and they call them chops my husband has the most amazing facial hair i mean i seriously have been jealous of it jealous and frustrated by it simultaneously For ten years now. <laughs> like he could just he just grow so fast and he really did have these like amazing chops you know, to where we would go places in Texas and like one time somebody literally dropped to their knees in a parking lot. Another dude, of course, and was like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of your giant chops. <laughs> So
1: you had a dream before you ever met him or knew who he was, and you guys were building sandcastles, and you were able to recognize when you met him later by his
0: chalk. Absolutely. (laughs) And the funny, you know, his chalk, men's facial hair is very temporary. They can get rid of it and grow it back, you know. So the whole cardboard thing being taped on there, you know, that was also ironic, I think. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, that was a good one and very significant aligning. You know, we've been together 12 years now, 10 years married, and it was a vivid dream. I think we get those when we're open to them. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great.
1: I love somehow just the, the tricky little um, dream metaphors and things that come are so amusing sometimes. It's just so comical. It makes me feel like... The universe has a great sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that too. I love that too. That's so great. That's so awesome.
0: Um, the The other piece that I wanted to share that I was thinking about the last few days was, so back to that first one where I dreamed about my mom, it was a very very significant dream where I crawled into what I called at the time a mausoleum. I don't even know what a mausoleum is, but when I wrote the dream down, I was in a glass mausoleum and I had to crawl up into it. And my mom was sitting across from me cross-legged and then gave me a bunch of information. Well, I've shared that dream a lot of times because it was sort of my gateway into all of the dreaming. I had to have an answer for why this happened. And a few times I have had people say, I have been in that mausoleum. There was my aunt, who I goose once again, and my aunt wanted to tell me some information about whatever. And and another person I read of and that one was actually one of Robert's books, and I was like, What? when I read it, I was like, What? You're talking about the mausoleum. <laughs> you recognized it, Yeah, how immediately the Yeah. So, you know, dreams are real places. Right. And how that works with our departed or our, our dream guides or our future self or our higher self, I don't really understand, but that was so confirming to me of it being a real place. Yeah. Also, it was very directly related to dreams of the departed. So is this something like, do they sign up? You got a waiting list here? <laughs> I'm, I want to I meet this person in the mausoleum, you know? Right. <laughs> so I do trip. think
1: that's a really interesting, and it reminds me when you're talking about the Toltec dream seeding where they will plant objects and go back to those places and other dreamers will see them and find them and describe them exactly and if you can leave things like that and other dreamers can find them then it makes so much sense that there are places that you can go i remember having a very consistent conscious dream journey location that came to me that was in the basement of a pyramid it's a library i've painted it I was going to a lot when I was working with my shamanic mentor for years. And it was a real gateway for me into dream work was that personal work I did with her and with my art. And I went to this location so many times in conscious dream journeys. So I would go to this location regularly. And I remember years into this practice, I had a dream that I was in that place but I was seeing it from a different area. I was seeing a different part of the room. <laughs> and there were things in the room I'd never noticed. And I was able to explore it in my night dream. And it was so interesting to me that I had seen it in my conscious journeys, but never in a night dream until later. Anyways, it, I've also had the reverse happen, but it felt so powerful at the time to just mm-hmm. recognize like, this is a place, this isn't just something I made up. In my imagination, this is an actual place. Mm-hmm. I know it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In me, it's a place in me, mm-hmm. or in the multiverse, whatever that is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. Is that Toltecs? We would often use pyramids, both yeah. Teotihuacan and and the Great Pyramids, Egyptian pyramids. There's something about that energy that's accessible. I think. And then also the Egyptians had a school, a very strong school for dreaming. They felt that it was one of the most important things you could possibly do in yeah. this life was yeah. to get ready to die. Yeah. And that to to be able to develop that ability to become lucid so that when you die you're able to call on your guides and to make it through the bardo's. Right. And I just I just love that and yeah. I I don't feel like I'm prepared, and I've been doing this work a long time, so I can see why they're like, "You got to do this your whole life and be so intense about it." Well, you know, whatever. Right? Who's got time for that these days? But well, who doesn't, right? <laughs> like, right? I mean, how
1: important is that? We're all gonna die eventually, so are we gonna work with it?
0: Well, and also for manifesting. So if you, you know, you want something like, I just wrote whatever, I need a million dollars. And you set your dream on that every night. Spirit, guide me to the money. Guide me to the money. Guide me to the money. You'll find your path. Yeah. You know, I'm using one that's very, you know, modern day. Um, need a million dollars to pay my rent and feed myself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then tomorrow I'll need another million dollars <laughs> because it costs a million dollars a day to live here anymore. <laughs> but, you know, but it's it's can be mundane, too. I, I love talking about this subject because it. It really excites me and gets me juiced up to the mystery. Another thing to share with our listeners, too, is if when you set seeds and you set intentions, I don't always get dreams. In fact, lately here with my three-year-old, I don't really get a lot of dreams. I will get them when I need them, and they're important, right? But most of the time, when I set a dream seed these days, I get the answer in my waking life. Mm. I get the answer in a license plate that I saw or a phone call that I receive. You're still setting your manifestation and you're you're doing the work one way or another at night. So, you know, be open to life being more symbolic.
1: Totally. I think that's like one of the coolest things about conscious dream work. It's not just when we sleep.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Phenomenology. Phenomenology. I like that. Love it
1: well thank you so much we have so much more to talk about i just want to plant a seed here that this is just the first of many conversations that we'll have on this podcast together oh thank you yeah just so special
0: yay well thank you thank you amanda (laughs) see you next time
1: So thank you so much for listening, following, reviewing, and sharing this podcast with your WUI friends. I'm so grateful to Jamie Phoenix Foster for sharing her wisdom and her dreams with us today, and I want to encourage you to check out her website at 12deer.com because in addition to offering private dreamwork sessions, Jamie is also an absolutely amazing artist. She makes gorgeous amulets, journals, medicine pouches, drum bags, and she's also a plant medicine wizard who makes these absolutely fabulous medicinal tinctures and salves that she harvests and produces in a very deep and beautiful way with so much integrity. So you can learn more about Jamie Phoenix at 12deer.com and also go to elevationhive.com to learn about our upcoming class that we're teaching together on how to strengthen your intuition through communal dream work and that's going to be super fun and we also have monthly dream circles and you can join any and all of our classes from your pajamas from anywhere in the world, they're all online. so please check that out and also go to amandalux.com if you want to learn more about my online session work and art as well. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. May it deepen your own inquiry and exploration of your energy, of your night dreams, and of the waking dream of your life in the best and highest way possible. Thank you. ooh